0: amazing website Uh, blog is twiland.info there's a direct link on the front page of Nutramedical.com and and we have a ton of things to cover so let's get started
1: okay I want to start with uh, gamma radiation and we have uh, we have uh, sites that are rated at a level five which Uh is of a concern and an alert and then we have some sites at a level four which is a watch and the concern. So right. the the level five alert is at Cookville, Tennessee, and wow.
0: um, is that downwind of a particular nuclear reactor?
1: I looked. I could not find one, but I suspect it's part of the TVA. It's at Bakers Cross Roads, yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee Valley
0: Authority is what you're saying.
1: I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to uh, spell out the acronym. <laughs> yes, Tennessee Valley Authority. And uh, it currently is 127, and that's counts per minute of gamma in the energy range of 600 800 kiloelectron volts. Wow. So that's, that's very significant to human health. Now, most and, people are aware
0: that if you take a zone map, uh, 5, 10, 20, 50 kilometers or miles, around a nuclear reactor site, all reactors are giving off tritium, thorium, and other isotopes. And most of the reactors in America are what we call post-geriatric which means they're not total containment. And when if they have a transient surge, there's alf- immediate loss of containment, even in the new reactors that were up at San Onofre, 12 miles from here in Southern California in North County, San Diego. So basically every reactor on Earth, within a relatively short period of their lifespan, is releasing tritium and thorium and other isotopes. Uh, and most people are aware that the reactors do not maintain total containment. And uh, a lot of its design, or they tweak the designs without proper re-engineering it, like uh, in the steam turbines that they got from Mitsubishi Heavy Industries here in San Onofre, they just added extra tubes, and they start banging against each other because of the high pressures that were involved in the uh, steam turbines. They have started vibrating and smacking against each other, which causes massive release of radioisotopes. So uh, some of these tubes are just inside the reactor core, are not even... Metallurgically valid because when they get hit with neutrons, it's called neutron annealing, and the tubes actually start to shatter and crack. So uh, metallurgically, uh, you change the the, what's called the electron structure and envelope of any metal, including concrete, when you blast it with neutrons. And the neutron flux around a nuclear reactor is pretty significant, especially the reactor core and it, engineers don't take this into account by retesting them And as they take a brush sometimes and just brush the inside of the tubes which they did in Chicago a few years ago we had this discussion with uh, Chris Harris that's his radio name not his real name our NRC expert <laughs> the brush went right through it. just a hand brush went right through the side of the tube when they took the reactor core off, off surface so it's pretty crazy isn't it? yeah it's pretty darn
1: crazy alright
0: yeah, sloppy, yeah. sloppy lazy behavior
1: that was, uh, the San Onofre incident was, um, uh, was, uh, it was, China got us. <laughs> we, we, uh, outsourced the, uh, we sent them the design, the same design that uh, people in our country had used. Right. make the original tubes, and they sent it to the company in China. And this is the difference between price and cost. Right. Yep. They bought the low-cost, uh, bid, And
0: the price has been that San Onofre is shut down. Yeah, yeah. uh, When we're looking at this, we don't have proper monitoring of radiation by the federal government. In fact, when the radiation surged after Fukushima Daiichi, one of the most severely surged areas was jumped as a radiation reference site in Idaho. And their plan was they took it off and they never put it back on service in five years. So, to me, the behavior of the federal government is to raise the standards for radiation, tolerable radiation levels, not to fix the problem, including helping shut down properly uh, the uh, Fukushima Daiichi plant, when it turns out that uh, TEPCO is only an umbrella company, all the service companies that service uh, the Japanese plants are American. People don't know that, do they?
1: Nope.
0: No. They realize it's not a Japanese problem, it's an American problem. Yep. And our government won't address it, including the senators I've contacted.
1: Well, I'm glad that you're doing that, because most of us wouldn't know
0: what to say. Well, I took okay, care of the plants to... near Chicago, and near Pekin, Illinois, where we actually had a very large nuclear reactor, south it's in Chicago, and uh, the behavior I saw was obscene at the best, and stupid at the worst.
1: Well, you, there's nothing to uh, prevent them from hiring engineers.
0: They had engineers. The engineers used sharp pencils and would often do things that... Uh, were pushed by accountants instead of uh, by their own common sense and engineering design.
1: Oh, you mean the engineering prostitutes?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, well just like the uh, prostitutes for the press, we have engineering prostitute, uh, prostitutes as well. That uh, to keep their jobs, they won't uh, mess around like we had a, a gasohol plant called Pecan Energy, and it's the second largest gasohol plant converting corn to alcohol. And they nearly had a uh, an explosion that would have been in terms of total power bigger than Nagasaki or hiroshima and you would have been able to see it from space as far away as the moon uh it, the explosion of it happened and they had a meltdown of their central core and almost had a giant explosion which would have the shock wave would have killed a lot of people within 15 to 20 miles and i would presided over this after the fired everybody and i came in as a director of and occupational medicine in 1997 it was unbelievable and when they found out exactly what i knew i eventually got fired too
1: Yeah, you can't have
0: anybody that knows too much. You ask questions, and we went to court for two weeks in uh, in the Capitol at at their courthouse, and I gave evidence that the legal firm that was working for the government that supported what the government's concerns were and even extended it, my my so-called employer got extremely upset, and I got fired on the spot, for giving the right evidence. You've got
1: to have somebody you can control. I doubt anybody
0: controls you. No, no, that's not going to happen. In fact, uh, as they say, it's like as they say in the British, uh, bringing Deagle on your show like Clyde Lewis a few weeks ago on on Monday, it was like bringing a lit large cannon on the deck without any restraints to where the cannon's pointing, with a lit fused and it's running toward explosion, and if the ball hits you, you're going to die. <laughs> so, a loose cannon, the loose can- as the British say, a loose cannon on the deck with no restraint of the of the of the rollers to hold it where it's going to shoot including inside the captain's cabin itself
1: okay let me uh, go over the places that have a level four uh concern or a watch and uh portland maine right uh, currently 523 counts per minute of gamma Champaign, illinois currently 420 counts per minute of gamma concord new hampshire is the current high, which is 376
0: counts per minute. So they but, by the way, to this might be not only local radiation, but also maybe descending radiation from Fukushima. If you follow the jet stream and where the radiation is, when it hits the west coast here, let's say around Portland, it's actually twenty-six to 30,000 feet, but it can descend very quickly with heat inversions or with rain or other weather. And what people don't understand is that it can carry... The Most of the radiation is not hitting the west coast unless it's raining. It's at pretty high altitudes... So it's not at ground level. Now you're getting water radiation in the oceans, depending on the ocean currents, but they're totally different than the air currents. And unless you're having weather or heat inversion that shoves those air currents and brings the radiation to ground level, uh, you're not getting those counts, but it may well be that we're seeing an amalgam between Fukushima radiation and local radiation from improperly managed nuclear plants.
1: Okay, well, I want to encourage the people in Concord, New Hampshire, to check with their emergency management people. They're usually attached to the uh, fire district, fire protection district, and uh, call them up and say, Why do we have 376 counts per minute of gamma in the energy range of 600 range of 600 to 800 kilo electron volts? Just do that. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's legal.
0: Now, here's the important point. When I talk to the people over at Veterans Today... Because a lot of people were panicking. In fact, I had a call from Tim Alexander and others who were saying, Diego, you got to check this out because they're reporting these crazy, massive amounts of radiation. I said, well, I contacted the individual, the journalist who was actually doing that. I won't mention his name. And he would not come on air, number one. He would not show me sources of his radiation counts or the specific isotope profile. You know, it's one thing to quote the amount of gamma, but I want to know if they did a nuclear spectroscopy to find out the isotope profile and see if it changed. And unfortunately, nobody's testing for tritium levels, which are, by the way, in some ways much more nasty than other isotopes. So we have very sloppy behavior, and we have people that are journalists that are saying things that aren't supported because they won't provide sources. So don't believe anything the Veterans Today says, but these reports you have from the government and from local authorities, they're real, but we don't know if it's a local plant or if it's irradiation descending from the atmosphere because of Fukushima. And it can carry it around the plant multiple times before it descends. They had like four years ago. We had a giant surge of radiation in, in uh, Eastern Europe, and they thought it was a local uh, plant, like the uh, like Chernobyl. And it turned out it wasn't. It was actually the Japanese radiation that had descended to ground with very serious isotopes, and it, the local plant was was fine. So yep. we we need to investigate that. And the problem is it raises questions that the government or regulatory authorities are not going to answer Deagle's questions. And I'm asking questions that nobody, including Mishukaku Kaku or anybody else in the media, are going to respond. I I challenge them over and over again. No one has the guts to come on the air and answer my questions on radioisotopes and toxicology. None of them.
1: All right. We have Buffalo, New York at uh, 369 counts per minute. We have Shreveport, Louisiana at 290 counts per minute. Wow. We have Milwaukee, Wisconsin at... 283 counts per minute. We have Rochester, New York, uh, 231 counts per minute. And St. Louis, which is where I'm located right now, has 203 counts per minute of gamma in the energy range, 600 to 800 kilo electron volts. So, you can't tell what isotope it is, but uh, Dr. Bell has a good that's idea. pretty, pretty high, yeah.
0: Usual standing radiation levels should be like here in Southern California, North Canada, San Diego. Ours usually runs on a good day between 13 and 25, on a bad day between 50. It's very rare it rises above that. But if I take my radiation detector, which is a very sensitive one, on a flight, and I have several of them, uh, it'll often spike when I get to 26,000 feet or higher from 50 counts per minute to over 2,000. So, And it does it in a matter of seconds. It goes, boom, you go, wow, look at that. We're now in a radiation zone because they're sucking the air in from outside and concentrating to maintain cabin pressure at 8,000 uh, feet elevation. That's nuts. And we don't have any response from the government whatsoever. And I put into this, so for the last four years, I get no response, except to change the standards of radiation to says, hey, don't worry about it, we're just raising the standards 10 or 20 or 100 times, so it's now 100 times less damaging to your cells and your DNA.
1: No, no, that, no, no, no. Isn't
0: no, that no, no, crazy? No.
1: That's crazy, yeah okay I want to jump from this to uh, climate because we have some very interesting climate things going on, and uh, you know that we were looking at the um, stratosphere Right. because the stratosphere is what keeps the ozone and right. what happens in the stratosphere is that there are there are ions of oxygen and the UV the ultraviolet from the, the ultraviolet from the sun uh, has just the right amount of energy to melt those ions of oxygen together to make ozone. Right. But then uses up the UV. So the UV doesn't get the ultraviolet light doesn't get to the ground where we are. Right. So it protects us from uh, from the ultraviolet light. Currently, the ozone hole. Well, this was not. This is not current. This is as of the ninth, which is three days ago. Uh, there is an ozone hole just north of Alaska in the Arctic Sea, and a strange tropical low in Hudson Bay. Now, that's shown in the stratosphere as a is a place where there's plenty of ozone. So, um, what happened was there the <laughs> it's reported that there was a tropical cyclone with 65 kilo kilometers per hour winds. In Canada's Hudson Bay, near the Arctic Circle, mm. and uh, it, uh, <laughs> it 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 had uh, a central pressure of 983 millibars. Wow! No one has ever seen this before in the Hudson Bay. There's uh, weather watchers are stunned.
0: What was the temperature really high? Was it during this uh, weather event?
1: They don't give temperature. Um,
0: but it, it could be. <laughs> well, you know, they used to call, uh, uh, they have a thing called hurricanes, which occur out in the ocean because of the ocean current stimulating hurricane development. Yeah. They have a new thing called Hemicanes, which can occur on land up to a thousand miles inland. And this is an example of what I call a hemicane, which basically is on the border between the, the continental North, North America and the large, almost oceanic type current areas of. Of Hudson's Bay, so it's my guess this is like a combination Hemi Hurricane, and it's because of the strange activity of the jet stream and the, uh, the the sizes. Now, people should realize it's the ionosphere that drives all weather, and the weather modification technology that can trigger off earthquakes and volcanoes. That's the next generation from HARP is up in space, and we have the most advanced. Now, there are five countries that can modify weather. The next most advanced to us is Russia. And they, I think six or seven years ago, there was a large, large uh, hurricane heading towards Sao Paulo, Brazil. So the Russians called the, Paulo, the Brazilians and said, hey, we see this giant storm coming to you from our satellites. It's going to cause devastation to this 24 million-plus city. We can turn the storm away with our weather modification. We can fly it in with Aeroflot, and we'll actually move the storm off so the hurricane won't hit your your giant city. And the Russians did it. Now, people should understand that they did it by charging up the upper ionosphere. Now, we have satellites in base that can do that from space. We literally can dial in the weather, dial in harmonic resonance, and trigger off earthquakes, uh, volcanoes, etc. Because when you hit the right harmonic resonance, think of every tectonic plate like a wind chime having a harmonic resonant frequency. And of course, the key issue is if you hit the right resonant frequency, you release what's called the energy or in the thing in the mu or resistance between the tectonic plates drops. And every if you want to call it earthquake is driven by water nascent hydrogen and oxygen released from the deep mantle caused when a ringwoodite releases water so every place like here in california we have the fault lines like the uh, san jacinta fault which is 75 miles from where i live heading north toward the san andreas fault line that heads off towards san francisco bay uh these faults are all over oceans of magma and oceans of water we call you know <laughs> deep crustal waters and uh the weather is actually driven not so much by solar heating. It's driven by ionospheric effects, which are very screwed up. Our ionosphere is really acting abnormal, and, of course, it's tied directly to uh, the crazy weather we have and also to uh, the interactions with the pacemaker of the northern jet stream, which is the, the Macondo drill site area, which disrupted the loop current going out to the North Atlantic that, uh, uh, you know, paces the movement of the northern jet stream. So these interactions are all very, very screwed up now. And it means not, nor, abnormal weather is going to cause famine and cause superstorms. storms. Storms like the day after tomorrow are possible now.
1: Yes, the Canadians issued a gale warning for Hudson Bay, which they probably never did before. Right. <clears throat> and the seas were uh, 12 feet, and uh, so it was... Uh, it, it was quite
0: a thing. Yeah, that's that big. Now, Hudson's Bay is big. I mean, people don't realize just how big parts of Canada are. Um, Baffin Island, which is north of in North Hudson's Bay, is uh, I think two thirds the size of, uh, size of Australia. That's how big it is. Hudson's yeah. Bay is massive. I mean, people will realize uh, it's. I think the widest point is like I think seven or eight hundred miles across. It's big.
1: All right. Um, well, you're right about the rainstorms. One of the things that that they've come up with, they have a new new term. They're using. They're using the rain bomb. So a rain bomb <coughs> is right. a is a weather system that drops uh, twenty plus inches uh, in twenty four hours.
0: Wow, this that's is, like biblical rain.
1: So this this is like biblical rain. It is not a monsoon <laughs> it, because because it's, uh, it's, it's just a regular um, storm, except that it doesn't move, and there's a lot of water vapor in the air. Now, water vapor is formed when water evaporates from oceans, and we have a very warm uh, uh, Gulf of Mexico right now. If you go to uh, the Navy sea surface temperature map that's on um, uh, the Liberty Man site, yeah, uh, you right. can see you can see
0: how hot uh, it's like ninety degrees in the Gulf of Mexico. So, by the way, the, one of the experts that told me this from Amiga Space Command is that the sea surface temperature and the demarcation lines, which uh, tell you what's going on below the sea, the sea surface in terms of piezoelectric currents, which mm-hmm. is the fourth layer of an NL radiation belt, is one of the best predictors of coming or or ongoing or evolving earthquakes, and tsunamis. So that if you see a demarcation line in the oceans, like, say, in the Caribbean, where one area is really ho- relatively hotter than the other, it's increasing energy, with, so the piezoelectric release is going to cause a volcanic eruption or a earthquake or tsunami. Interesting, eh? So you can actually see yeah. the sea surface temperature from the space. It tells you what's likely to happen underneath the oceans. Okay,
1: what a rain bomb does, it generates 2 inch plus Per hour rainfall events in odd places and unexpected times. Wow! And that's due to the added heat and atmospheric mo- moisture loading. Now I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to say, "Did you understand what I said?" Ah. What I'm going to say is high atmospheric water vapor northeast Gulf. Okay, let me let me parse that for you.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Atmospheric water vapor is the uh, is water in a gas form. That evaporates from water in the liquid form, and because the air is warm, you know we're we're having record heat indices here. We're over, right. I think we're up to one hundred and three today, and uh, and because the Gulf of Mexico, the water in the Gulf of Mexico is ninety degrees, it's putting more moisture in the air. In other words, the air can hold more moisture because it's hotter. And more yeah. moisture is being evaporated, right? So also, when it because
0: says, if it's, it's, the air is hot. It can absorb more moisture before it reaches what's called a wet bulb temperature threshold where it starts to fall out of the sky. So the hotter the air is, the more moisture it can absorb.
1: That's right. So when I say high atmospheric water vapor, I don't mean it's high in the atmosphere. What I mean is that there's a lot of water in the air. Mm -hmm. And uh, northeast of the Gulf is the Gulf of Mexico. Now, because the atmosphere and the ocean surface are higher than the 1880 values and uh, the related added atmosphere moist atmospheric moisture, rain bombs, life-damaging and life-threatening rain bombs, have been going off hard and heavy across the globe. And uh, let's see. Last week, Ellicott City in Florida was hit, killing one and generating damage. Twenty-one people lost their lives in a freak flood that dumped 20 inches over part of Macedonia. Uh, wow. In Sudan, the Nile reached its highest levels in a hundred years, as thousands of homes were destroyed and more than 75 people lost their lives. In Karachi, Pakistan, 50 percent of the city is without power, and 10 people have lost their lives due to flooding. And in India, over the past two weeks, more than 1 million people 1 million people have been displaced And 100 killed in devastating floods And now The very hot Gulf of Mexico Is hurling uh, Rain bombs Into the uh, southeast Now uh, The ocean surfaces Exceed 90 degrees Fahrenheit And uh, Strong convection is blowing up From the hot surface of these waters And exploding into thunderstorms Now, as of yesterday, one of these uh, rain bombs produced more than 26 inches of rain in just one 12-hour period. That's not even a day. That's half a day. Right. 26 26 inches of rain. So that's an average of about 2.2 inches of rainfall per hour for 12 hours. Uh, Wow. that uh, That would cause extremely severe flooding if it fell on a U.S. city. And uh, those um, that rain bomb is heading towards the uh, Florida uh, Panhandle. What,
0: what what city in Florida Panhandle? Because it's a pretty big uh, area.
1: Uh, Deckel Beach.
0: That's between a pretty popular uh, and, tourist beach there.
1: Between Pineland and Perry. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I know that they called for a flood watch here. Around me, uh, let's see. That was a week ago, because six inches fell uh, just west of me, about ten miles west of me, and um, the county in which it fell was not the problem. But all that water had to run off, and it ran through the southern to the county to the south of where the rain fell, and that uh, I think it was the Burberey River uh, reached flood stage. So it's it's, it's not just where the rain falls, that the rain has to go someplace. The water has
0: to go someplace. So when we have this, it's one factor among many that actually increases the risk of famine because of extreme rain, and also we're seeing extreme drought in areas that are increasing gradually. For example, here in California, we did get rain in the spring for a few months. We haven't had rain for about three months here, not a drop. Even at times we have clouds that say, come on, rain, rain. And you look at the clouds and say, you can feel the moisture, you can feel it almost ready to kind of dump, and then the next day it's like, okay, it's clear as a bell, nothing. Yep. Uh, last night we had the uh, this uh, uh, meteor shower. You heard about that, right? Yes. And we don't have a yes. lot of uh, of, of uh, light pollution, so you can see it. The Perseids. Little, the Perseids, and you can see a little streak, 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 and then ch- 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 like little flashy lights like the old-style uh, uh, light flashes when you have a light bulb 100 years ago and you're making, taking a picture. You see those little flashes and you see little streaks across the sky as these uh, little micrometeorites at the upper atmosphere and they go flash out. Um, so, yeah, it's apparently going to be the, the biggest, it was the biggest uh, Perseid shower in, in a number of decades, and we won't see something like this for many decades.
1: Well, that's because of Jupiter. Jupiter exerts a gravitational pull on the Earth, and uh, depending on where it is when the Perseids. Well, they occur in August, obviously. <laughs> in August, depending on its relationship to Earth, so where Jupiter is and where Earth is, then it pulls the Earth either into the center of the Perseid meteor shower or uh, towards one edge of it. And this time, right. this year, we're in the center of it. So we're getting like 100 uh, meteori- meteors-, I'm- meteors per hour. It's It's something. And what that does is... Um, for people who are doing broadcasting, when those meteors come into the upper atmosphere, they ionize the atmosphere so you can get better broadcasting when, there's, yeah. when you're in the middle of a meteor shower. And that's important at this time because the ionosphere is collapsing because the sun is going into a solar minimum.
0: Yeah, and if the ionosphere collapses, you don't have that reflective mirror effect for radio. You're, right. you're a ham radio operator, so you rely on the atmosphere to actually reflect radio signal back to Earth.
1: Okay, I want to tell you about a volcano that has just just appeared on the list of volcanoes. This was an extinct volcano. They they weren't even sure. It, I mean, they knew that there was a volcano uh, in Cape Verde because they could tell by the type of soil that was under the water. You know they they do tests and things and they look volcanists do a lot of stuff trying to find out you know why uh, why you've got ba- ba- basalt basalt someplace and when you have uh, uh, sandstone anyway so they had opinionated that there was a volcano there in Cape Verde and uh, it's called Brava volcano and its Possibly, they thought that it might erupt. Right, uh, They were getting tremors. And um, no,
0: You saw a picture here, which we'll do when we do a, a post-show uh, recap. We may be able to do that today because i got my uh, a, a custom-rebuilt, I call it supercomputer. We're doing broadcasting, <laughs> everything all set up now. And okay. uh, you can see this picture, and it's a very long string of islands that go from the north of Gibraltar, which is between Spain and so on off in the Atlantic Ocean. At the Azores, which is owned by Portugal, and it goes quite a ways down. Uh, Cape Verde is like way down uh, across the you know the Afri- West African coast, and um, th- this is an entire volcanic chain literally off the coast of Africa.
1: That's right, and that's the important thing. Now you know this is uh, we're talking about the Atlantic Ocean, right? So now this is the difference between the West Coast of the United States and the and the East Coast on the West Coast. The plate boundary, the tectonic plate boundary, comes up through California and, uh, and goes out uh, through San Francisco Bay and then goes north uh, up along the coast. And on the east coast, uh, the tectonic boundary, boundary is nowhere close to the east coast of the United States. It's almost two-thirds of the way to Europe, and it's called the um, Atlantic Ridge. And what that is is a spreading ridge. That is, there's magma that's being pumped up along those, um, around that, uh, well, there's undersea um, volcanoes along the ridge. And magma comes up, and because of that pressure, it's pushing the, United, the uh, North American tectonic plate away from the Eurasian tectonic plate and the African tectonic plate. So it's an entirely different scenario when you're talking about the East Coast. Right now, what happened was, and why this is important, um, is because uh, one they weren't uh, they weren't sure that there was a um, volcano there, and now they they are, and they've put out uh, detectors for carbon dioxide emissions because, as you remember, that's how they found that. Uh, volcano, that earthquake in Italy.
0: Ah, keep that thought. We'll be right back in in about two or three minutes with further analysis of this because uh, this uh, subduction zone off of Africa including all further north of the Cumbra Viejo is dangerous uh, in terms of tsunami generation. We'll be back in a moment with Ann Morrison Twiland.info Check it out. And our videos, sign up for live stream. We'll be back in a minute.
2: nnarepublic.com. Food storage you'll love to eat. People love to shop. What if you could shop
3: and it was actually good for you? What if you could actually purchase items that bettered your life? What goes into your body is important to what quality of life you have. How about shopping for items that better your health? GetTheTea.com is that shopping place. We're not only tea, even though that's our number one seller, we are about helping your health. There's colostrum LD for those of you with autoimmune troubles. The product helps your stomach get on track. GI problems produce pain. Get relief with colostrum ld how about some fat burners or maybe some joint aid or a power cleanse there's so much to tell you with very little time so get help health wise at get the that's get the or you can call our friendly operators at 928-308-0408 that's 928-308-0408 get help and relief by going shopping shop at get that's get the serving people with great products for over eight years get the
4: As a regular listener to Republic Broadcasting, you certainly understand the times and circumstances that we are living in. You certainly understand that the good times are over, and you certainly understand what we are heading for. Though we do not know what exactly is going to happen, we must assume that it's going to be a disaster. Are you prepared for that mess? Go to www.bugoutpanama.net and get the necessary information on our growing community of awake and prepared individuals, just like you. At www.bugoutpanama.net, you will learn how we are preparing on our farm, Finca Bayano, for what is coming. Emigrate while you still can to our village, where survival is of the utmost importance
5: Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with Streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens
0: Southern California wants to talk about Pekin Energy Project. Go ahead, John. What's your question or statement? Well, good morning,
6: uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Deagle. And, uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Look, um, you really caught my attention. Uh, my ears perked up when you were talking about that uh, that project, uh, that plant. Uh, that's in Pekin, Illinois. Right. And uh, I was working for a company, a little company called Brown and Root. In the mm-hmm. uh, late 1970s, 78, 79, 80, 81 that era, mm-hmm. and I worked on that plant. I'm an electrical engineer, so I don't know anything about the chemical design. Yeah, it was but, basically uh,
0: designed for basically a giant distillation plants for taking corn, which is a money, uh, you know, genetically engineer corn. that was created specifically to create gasohol. And uh, that's, that's correct. That's exactly. That's about as plant. much as I knew about it. Yeah, second largest right. plant. The problem is they had a resi- design problem. And they almost had a giant explosion in there and had some major, major problems. And, of course, there was the state government in uh, Chicago was involved. And Springfield, Illinois, they had a major suit because there were some injured workers as well. And I was called in as a director to actually give evidence in court for two weeks. And uh, after I gave my evidence, I was summarily fired by uh, Pekin Hospital and Pekin Energy. In fact, the, the director of Pekin Energy came up to me and threatened my life. And oh I, no I said, really said, okay and i said uh, you know take your first swing uh let's put it this way he was six foot something and i'm five nine on a good day but i'm stronger than an ox i said take your first swing don't be deceived by the white coat if you take your first swing it'll be the last thing you'll see the lights this
6: was the head of peak and energy
0: the ceo yes yeah the director of peak and energy came up to me and threatened me you care to mention a name no, I won't mention the name, okay. but it happened. Okay, all right. Yeah.
6: Hey, if I wanted to find out more about this, Dr. Deagle, would I just do a browser search on Peak in Energy in 1997 or something like you that? Might,
0: you might find stuff. A lot of it was suppressed. It's actually a court documents are open court. So they were brought, uh, they, it was the state court, and, uh, and they actually had actions because workers' compensation was involved and also the danger of the plant blowing up. The problem is it became so close, and we calculated out the energy release that would have happened if the plant blew up. It would have been equivalent to error greater. Than a nuclear explosion like Nagasaki and Hiroshima in terms of uh, many kilotons of of equivalent nuclear explosion, you would have been able to see it uh, from space. That's how big it would be, and it would create a well. well, Dr. Deagle,
6: in all of your proceedings in the court and everything, was uh, Brown and Root represented or Halliburton?
0: I think uh, I think they were actually. I think that there were kind of documents that came in when I brought my evidence forward because I had had a chance because I was the director of the emergency department as well as ACHMED for, for uh, all these plants, including a munitions plant that had, was basically in, in nitrogen. So you had to go inside with an oxygen suit on to make these explosives for the military. We took care of the uh-huh. nuclear plant, so Chicago. We also took care of peak and Energy and other uh, plants. And, uh, um, you know, most people don't realize that, that in these remote places, there's some things going on like this munitions plant and peak and Energy that potentially are very r- great risks for the local population, and they don't realize it.
6: Yeah, yeah. You know, in all f- fairness to my former employer, I don't, and I don't know the ins and outs of all of this, but a, a number of those types of projects, the, uh, the 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 Brown and Root's client, who was uh, Peakin Energy, or, or you know the actual right. people who were um, getting the financing and you know right. uh, ram ramrodding the project, had the project manager uh, routing it. Uh, they they there's a certain amount of secrecy and confidentiality. That they don't reveal to, um, to their engineering yeah. constructor. And I'm yeah. not sure how, how much that applies in this case, so I, I don't mean to,
0: to go well, either well, way. And I'm, just saying. I'm not afraid of these guys. Again, that's yeah. the reason okay. why I do my show. I mean, people say, why are you alive? I said, first thing, i got supernatural protection from God. Secondly, if, uh, they, if they didn't have somebody like, like me to be the opposition, they'd have to get loyal opposition to be under their control, which I'm not. And, and the third reason is I'm, uh, I'm nice, but I'm, I'm not passive. And I'm the kind of guy yeah, well, either medical legally or physically, if you tried to, to threaten me, it would be a very bad day for you. so uh, as, I'm
6: sure, as I'm sure you'll agree, uh, once you get past the first reason, the other two don't really matter too much you know so. right
0: exactly. and the point is a- anyway that, so that I've we'll a I, I I radio show now is because I could just have a quiet retirement, but I know too much, have lots of skill sets and have inside information on lots of projects, including what happened at Rocky Flats so people don't realize it's the second most radioactive place on earth outside the bunk Cosmodrome. And after I discovered that the engineers from NOVA were finding radiation levels 10 million times higher and heading toward the groundwater in the North Platte River, my boss, <clears throat> Reserve Admiral John Hughes, fired me on the spot and was terrified of the fact that I knew all this information about the Superfund sites there and inside Denver. Now, you have to understand just how crazy things are and how much government hides information from the public and even other people oh, yeah. within the government. Yeah, yeah well... Well, look, Dr. Deagle,
6: you have a great show, and, and thanks for bringing that up. And, uh, uh, yeah, anytime you want up, to ask you a question about
0: anything, just call in, and you'd be surprised what I know. As I say, I talk about 10% of what uh, I know uh, in, in any sphere, and as I tell people, I can provide a solution for any problem on Earth instantly or a framework to find a solution. That's a big okay, challenge. So thank you, sir. I, and I put that challenge out there, whether it's radioisotopes or nuclear plant safety, or uh, detoxification or Zika virus, whatever, we don't see any solutions being brought. In fact, the powers that be want to suppress solutions or not even get good data to know what the heck's going on. And let's get back to on track, okay?
1: All right, well, we're talking about the possibility of a tsunami coming from the uh, west coast of Europe and Africa. Like you said, there's these three island chains um, the Azores. Or the furthest north, right. and then the can, the Canary Islands, Canary Islands and then Cape Verde. Yeah right. essentially, they're all pointing if something should happen, should there be a tsunami from from any volcano in any of them, It would cross the Atlantic Ocean and hit the east coast of the United States, the Caribbean and Canada. And we know that because the military has studied it. And so anyway, uh, this Brava uh, volcano began. It had increased seismicity, and the authorities evacuated 300 people. And uh, wow. they were, it was felt, yeah, they uh, they really thought that it was going to erupt.
0: Do you know what kinds of methods they're using to determine if their volcanology there's going to be an eruption? What, what technology are they using to give them early alerts?
1: Uh, they're monitoring the carbon dioxide emissions. You know, that's what they do up at Yellowstone. It's a... Uh, They go out and they look uh, from, uh, they use a helicopter, and they just look at the uh, forest around Yellowstone. And um, if the trees are dying, uh, they put on their oxygen mask and they go down and they measure the amount of carbon dioxide that's being emitted by the uh, magnitude. What
0: what do you think are the best uh, monitoring technologies we have right now used by the University of California? As in Los Angeles and others looking at geotectonics. what's the best technology that we have that's not Tier one science but publicly open?
1: Well you can launch the, uh, the monitors the seismic monitors. Unfortunately they don't have them every place. They have a lot of them yeah. around Yellowstone. They have a lot of them in Southern California but uh, when you when you find a uh, resonant uh, frequency for the um, seismographs, then you know that you're talking about a possible earthquake or an yeah. eruption
0: a better measure than uh, the, even the seismic monitors this is another technique that they average she are testing along the San Andreas is where they say do what's called uh, transatlant line tell your
1: oh yeah
0: and the telluric your you get what's called resonant frequencies and all of a sudden you start seeing spiking which happens every so often and spikes to higher micro voltages on specific harmonic resonant frequencies on the fault zone. If the fault zone has resonant frequencies in the same frequency and starts spiking in higher and higher energy levels, it means is there is going to be a, an increase in telluric energy to the point where the re- resistance in the rock face drops the mu towards zero and then there's a massive release of energy. So uh, what they should do is on all these islands right across the fault zone, because they've been monitoring one in the Cumbra Viejo since the 80s, uh, rather than just monitoring CO2, which is an indirect measure, if they monitor the telluric currents because the resonant frequency comes from the fourth layer of the Van Allen radiation belt and the lithospheric layer, and when the resonant frequencies reach a certain threshold, the mu drops and the, and the energy is released. So this would be like that movie about San Andreas where they had the rock in, and they were looking at, they had... Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, they, had, they were looking at these different markers. It's You can have silent uh, zones where there's no fault zone activity, but the telluric currents are increasing, and that's where it's going to blow. So, even in silent areas of maybe out in Arizona or elsewhere, you, if you had telluric current monitors in areas where there was presumed there may be fault zones, you could actually determine that there's about to be a release of energy. Yeah,
1: I recommend uh, San Andreas, to everybody who lives in, California, because I think it was uh, very realistic, and uh, it will prepare you somewhat for the devastation that's going to happen when San Andreas. Now, I think no, we yeah. talked about yeah, well, the, the, the um, oh where is it north of um, north of Los Angeles, and I forget exactly where it is, but close to where it go where the San Andreas fault,
6: uh,
1: actually above in Santa Rosa. Oh, yeah. there's a there's a portion of the fault that's blocked and that's because it's ran it ran into a granite uh, rock surface and uh, they think that that's what's keeping the san andreas from from letting go
0: yeah the thing that'll cause it to go will be a deep space gravity wave that'll cause an increase in telluric currents and those gravity waves when they cause a deep uh, increase in in levels of water release, ringwoodite water, and acid oxygen and hydrogen, it will cause an increase in volcanic and magma energy. Literally, the volcanoes and earthquakes are driven by steam, in other words. Uh, and it's steam that actually drives these uh, pyroplastic explosions, two People don't understand. That's why uh, when they tapped into uh, Mount Hood, uh, north of Portland, they really yeah. didn't realize that they really <laughs> shouldn't mess around with it because they could actually trigger off... A uh, pyro- pyroplastic explosion That could uh, wipe out a lot of Portland
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah They they had to back away from that project Yeah, they
0: really don't understand the science So they're, they they were smart to just say ah, Bad idea, let's just But they need to monitor more closely Because Portland could be covered with a matter of inches Or even more of, of uh, volcanic or Very, very sharp shards of volcanic ash And if you go outside And you don't have a proper mask on The volcanic ash will slice your airways to pieces And you'll drown in your own mucus and blood Oh yeah, because it's superheated steam. Right, and so in some of these, it's not just superheated. Even if it's not hot, the ash itself will cut your airways, and the ash is so sharp. If you fly a jet through it, and you can't see it unless you have these these special types of radar, uh, it'll slice the engine uh, fans and the turbine to pieces, and you can literally have a stall of an engine that won't restart. So when you're flying, yeah. if you fly through a volcanic. You we'll call trail that can go hundreds or thousands of miles downwind of a volcanic release. Let's say in the, in, the, in uh, Iceland, uh, you can chew up your engine and it'll fall out of the sky.
1: Yeah, that's a another good movie to watch. is called Super Volcano. It was made by uh, Discover, Discovery, Discovery, right. right. and uh, that's a good one to watch about Yellowstone, but also just to give an idea of what these what these eruptions can do to
0: airplanes. Right. Now, they're increasing dramatically because we're heading toward, as it says, Matthew 24, the increased earthquakes and volcanoes in diverse places. And that's the return of Nemesis, Herakilobus, the destroyer, uh, in uh, the odor or cloud, point seven three light years out. It doesn't need to come to the inner solar system like a bunch of fools are saying it has to. Just its presence is increasing the energy distribution to higher ultraviolet light, increased extra ground-level x-rays, and uh, other types of radiation that are coming down to Earth That are affecting our weather and geotectonics So. Well, it, yeah, you know, it's affecting yeah.
1: It's affecting all the planets in the solar system right. And uh, partially that's because it is a, a dwarf And that means that it's got a very high gravitational field
0: It also has 200 times more uh, what's called an uh, Electromagnetic flux field than even solar Yellow Dwarf star And uh, it affects also planets that are actually technically stars like Jupiter because Jupiter gives off more x-rays and infrared light than it actually receives from the sun. So technically Jupiter is a star.
1: That's right. And there are science fiction
0: books that are written about it becoming active. I don't think it ignite. but the thing is the energy spectra coming off, the sun has been changed, so there's much more x-rays, high-energy ultraviolet light, so in the last 24 years, it went from 23% UVB light or higher as part of the spectrum to over 73%. That's why if you go in the middle of the day now, you can not only get cataracts, but get photoactivated biotoxins, including glyphosate, in your skin from food you ate and activated drugs you took for depression or, let's say, uh, PPAR gamma-1 inhibitors such as uh, 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 such as uh, these drugs like uh, Is This From Max, etc., uh, and other drugs, they get activated by the sun and they are radio they're genotoxic nasty
7: back in a moment
2: That's N-U-M-A-N-N-A, republic.com. Food storage you'll love to eat. Imagine a pill that can improve
8: your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter-in-an-hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say,
4: I feel more focused.
8: My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today order dr bill deagle's cognition plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to com. that's 888-212-8871 or com. hi
0: this is dr bill deagle of the nutramedical report broadcast from 12 to 3 monday to friday central standard time we cover medical issues geopolitical spiritual and others and you're welcome to call in This is pretty significant. So there's a lot of dangers going on in the world. Uh, just like the Bible says about Matthew 24, we're going to see increased risk for tsunamis, extreme weather, earthquakes, volcanoes. Uh, these these would we call rain bombs that occur. And, uh, you know, people need to start kind of saying, first off, I tell them, number one, get out of the big cities. Number two, start thinking about a prepper community with like-minded people, even if you buy the land as a group. Uh, And you don't have to have a lot of money because if you have a grip with, say, 100 families, you can buy a piece of land and start making sure you have a gravity-fed water uh, source. You can have a power system, whether it's a wind-based system or some other system that you can have. Uh, You need to start thinking about this because uh, get out to the outskirts of any city if you have to work in the city. Make sure you're prepared if things start to go crazy. For example, I don't think people are aware that if Cumbria or, or these other three volcanic island areas kind of causes cause a tsunami, it can be pretty devastating even if it goes 5 or 10 or 20 miles inland. They did uh, research at the Tsunami Research Center up in northern California, which was set up about half a dozen years ago, and also in Switzerland. And the Cumbria Viejo alone, if the island slides, the amount of mass released could cause a tsunami up to 1,200 feet high traveling at Mach 1 or 700 miles an hour toward the North American coast, toward North Africa and South America, uh, which would be pretty devastating because the vast majority of population centers are on coastal areas. And in the U.S., in some areas where the altitude is relatively low, like Washington, D.C., that could literally bring water, a wall of water, in as far as 200 miles inland. So.
1: Well, that's why people need to have an alert um, phone, a uh, cell phone. They have the cell phones now that capture the emergency messages, the emergency... Right. Messages, and you need to that. listen to those because you might have to run fast. Right. It would take three hours for the tsunami to get to the East Coast, so you might have a little bit of time, but you have to remember everybody else will be leaving too.
0: Right, well, the problem is, you'll see, if that message goes out, the roads are going to get jammed so quickly. A three hour travel might become a six or ten hour travel, and if you're still in the strike zone, you may be pretty deadly. So people need to be aware. That there's going to we should have precursor events that tells us something's going to happen in the next days or weeks. As I say, our government should be putting on these islands <clears throat> telluric current monitors, which are more accurate than looking at geotectonic activity of a, of a of you know the red earthquake detector. Because you're not going to see a lot of earthquake activity necessarily before this thing blows. You're going to see telluric current changes before it just rips, and that, that's very important.
1: Anyway, speaking of Brava which might be a volcano that would create a tsunami that would come over hit the east coast. Right. It's close to uh, the volcano called Pico do Fogo, and that erupted um, in November 2014 after 19 years of being inactive. Right. And its lava was recorded to have flowed for nearly three weeks, <laughs> and it caused major damages but no death. And then the authorities evacuated a 1,000 people around uh, that island. So uh, there's two. So there's not just one. There's two volcanoes there that are becoming very active. And that's why we want to send out this warning.
0: That, uh, well, we'll also, when we do our recap, uh, if we can, after the show today, in about an hour or so, probably an hour and a half. So sign up yeah. for the live stream. We'll also touch on Zika and what's going on and uh, talk about these other issues amazing show and thank you for all the amazing work you do we'll be back in a moment with firing line with host michelle and your questions our order line 888-212-8871 or email to us here to try to provide you answers and pathways to wellness back in a moment with michelle she'll be here in just a second
8: mm